good. Yo! 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 The process is black and white, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Good morning, Devin. So I got a number. I would like you to guess what it is. <coughs> six, six F one A E six six A dash three seven four zero. What number that is? Mm-hmm. Is that your EIN number to your business? It is not, but that is an excellent guess. That is the number. Of Grand Slam Sports Collectibles and Comics in my production database. So that is their number. It's not oh. the full. It's not. It's not the full number, but that's essentially like the uh, the the customer ID in my uh, in my database for for a real live customer. There you go. Is it is it this Friday? It it, it goes in the live action. No, it was last. It was uh, it was Friday. Friday, just last Friday, he signed. Oh, up. so it's it's in action. Yep. So it's in action. So so far, uh, as of you know, I, I said I told him do me a favor and don't create a don't create anything, uh, until I email you, and so I emailed him on Sunday. Uh, Friday he signed up, and I said let me let me set some stuff up on the back end for you. So I went in and like put in his two stores and stuff. Like kind of did a couple things, just made it. Made his onboarding experience a little bit nicer, right? Um, and uh, so I did that, and then we'll see. I have to sign up two of his clerks uh, so that they can be users as well. Um, so I asked him for their email addresses. But so far, he hasn't created any any titles or customers or anything yet. But it's just Monday, and you know, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But we're we're on the way. That's awesome. Wow! All right, yeah. pretty dope, man. Pretty dope. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I, dude. I, I can't wait to like check the database and see if there's a customer in there. You know what I mean? Like, see, as he starts creating customers or comic book titles or whatever, I'm pretty excited. That should be. Cool. I got, a, I got a question. You know, mm-hmm. as we typically start the show off with a question, mm-hmm. I, you, you've piqued my interest in something because I'm sure. feeling something here. And I want to know what your thoughts are on it. So it's a two-part question. What is confidence and how necessary is it? Well, I don't actually know what it is. I think that I think that most of the time when I'm confident about something, I have an amount of expertise that lets me know sort of where the tough spots are, where the trouble is. And so I like can barrel forward without concern, right? Like I'm just like, oh, whatever I can, I can, whatever I get myself into, I can get myself out of because I'm 
in like a space that I understand and with some boundaries that I understand it. Um, is it necessary? I don't think it's necessary. Uh, be, because once upon a time I learned that like, you know, if, if you know what the, the worst case scenario is like, if you know, like, a, well, the worst case scenario is, is I break it. Right. And I can buy a new one. Like if that's the worst case scenario, you're all right. <laughs> you know? So I guess like, it, you know, confidence around, like if, if you made me build a whole house, I would not be very confident. Right. And the risks would be large. Right. But if it's like a ah, drywall, a wall, my, I'll have very high level of confidence because I've done it before. I understand what the problems are. And if I screw it up, I can buy my way out of the problem, you know, just start it again or whatever. So, um, so I guess that's like where those things lie for me. So I'd, I would say confidence is has to do with expertise and preparation. And it's not actually important depending upon the stakes. Wow. So I actually, I agree in with your, with your answer of what it is. It's 100% like, see, bravado and confidence get confused as the same thing. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, like, you know, you can, bravado is something where, in my opinion, it's, it's a mask. Well, we it's talked usually, about it. We talked about it last week, right? Bro, yeah, bro, what, you man can brag about anything if he doesn't have much. Exactly. That's bravado. Confidence, though, I think is extremely necessary, and it's for the reason of this show. It's what you just said. Experience, and it's it's expertise slash experience, right? And it's preparation. So it's it's two things that I I don't think you can get into you can't I don't think you can get better at anything without those two things you know what I mean like I feel like you you need to prepare to get better you you need ex experience and, and expertise to me are, are pretty much the same things and in order for you to get better you need those good and bad so I feel like in order for you said like you might not be able to do it as far as building a house but if you had experience and expertise in building a house, you would feel almost the same way you feel with the with the drywall. You know, like I think you nailed it when you said like it's being able to like years ago. <clears throat> I remember changing my brakes. I would be like like nervous. I would like have to have someone else out there with me. I would have you know what I mean. Like like, but as I did it more and more. And started to realize like what exactly it is that I'm doing. And I had that preparation and more experience doing it, you know, getting into the field of expertise with it. Now, the other not too long ago, I had to kind of change I had to change my, my rotors. And because I had changed my brakes so many times, I had changed the rotors once before, and and I understood that like, okay, I can go a little further because I have confidence in this area. I have this experience and this expertise in this area that I'm not going to break it. You know what I mean? Like, right. and even if I do, it's a fixable break. And so that I, I, second piece helps so much. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even if I do, but 
I wouldn't four or five years ago, I wouldn't have dared because I wouldn't have known that it's a fixable break until I was out there, had to change my whole brake system with my father-in-law one time. And when I watching him doing it, kind of assisting him with doing it, I'm like, oh, changing a whole brake system is actually not as straightforward. Yes, it's all it's Compli- but, complicated. What's how the favorite line we have? Everything's complicated, but also <laughs> everything's easy as well. It's yep. all the same, and and that's where that confidence come in. When you when you don't have confidence, everything's complicated, hard, scary. When you do have confidence, everything is straightforward. And it, you funny, know what I mean? For sure. A funny thing that I've learned about myself is that because. Uh, Basically, what I do all day is I sit in front of a computer, right? And I and I have to do, to solve like little problems to make something happen on the computer, right? And every now and again, I'm doing something that I've never done before, solving a interesting problem in a way that I've never done before, or even considered as a problem. Like every now and again, I get into waters that are pretty deep, and an inter- like I'll go walk into the kitchen. Like that's my routine. Like when I get into something that I'm like, ooh, I don't know how to do this. I get up and I go walk into the kitchen. I like put distance between me and the thing that's a problem. And then I come back and I, you know, I, I figure it out. But I learned from, you know, just kind of like experiencing it and watching myself. Like, oh, my process is like I need to step away, take a deep breath, calm down, and then go approach the problem. It's, it's a pretty interesting thing that I like noticed about myself since I worked at home. Because I, I, I maybe did the same thing when I worked in the office, but I don't remember it, you know? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's like, you know, there's also a part that we didn't talk about, but the building of confidence. I wonder if that, like, that little piece is the way that you kind of recalibrate and, it, and, and breathe and remind yourself that, like, I've been here before. You know what I mean? Like I figured it out last time. I figured time. it out last time. <laughs> it's all code and computer. And I have the background and the understanding. How I this just works. need to pull back. And it, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, we're in the playoffs with basketball. And it's kind of like Tyrese Maxey just had this great game. But probably some point in the playoffs, he's going to hit a wall. And have a not so great game, and he's going to have to step back and rediscover his confidence through thinking about the game that he had when the playoffs started. To be able to be like, "All right, I did it before. I can do it again. It's all still basketball. It might be a new opponent, might be some new wrinkles, some challenges, but it's all still basketball, and I can figure this out." One hundred percent. One of the things that I think about a lot is that like coaching as a profession or a skill or whatever doesn't seem to exist in enough places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's like, you, you can, people are trying to become life coaches or whatever. Like, and typically the people who are trying to become life coaches in my experience aren't very good, aren't very qualified, right? Like they're like, Oh, I want to be a life coach. And I'm like, you have a terrible life. Um, so thanks but, for crushing our entire um, life culture. Sorry. Yeah. 
Hopefully you're that, hopefully that'll be the last life coach that listens they to this podcast. Unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. The, but like that's been my experience. You don't see but like I would love it if there was like a position at like at my company or something. Like they have all sorts of positions that don't make any sense at my job. But they don't have like coach. Right? There's no like person whose job it is that when you're like in a tough spot, they can like sit you down and walk you through it and like give you the, you know, lay it out for you. Like they don't have that person. And I find it peculiar. Like if you were a high powered CEO, right? Wouldn't you want like a person who sort of has a thousand foot view of what you're doing every day that you can like go to, but I guess you would need to give them access to so much stuff and they would need to be like reading so much. I don't know. It, it seems like executive coaching, coaching generally, team coaching like that should be a thing that happens more than it does it's weird true i i can actually speak to that because the environment as someone who is being asked to lead you know it's a lot of your job uh, you know 100 people at, at all at once um i think coaching has to be an environment that you set up you know, even in your even in your life, your personal life, you need to set up an environment that encourages coaching. Because really, the 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 thing about the opposite of coaching is, or I say the the what's synonymous with coaching is patience, right, and development, sure. right, like sure. that. That is what coaching is in a nutshell, right. Um, the opposite of that is impatience. <laughs> Right, is someone who so if you have an environment of patience and development, you have you know like that that coaching is already in your culture. So I have a thing where every time we try something new, I make a point of saying we're going to be bad at it, and it's okay because we don't want to be fast at it. What we want to do is be good at it. So. Don't panic. Don't rush through it. In fact, let's do a little bit of less of of this other thing so that we can spend more time focusing on being really good at this new thing that we're trying to do. Like making sure that people feel like they're in a comfortable space where I can walk away from my desk and take a minute and regroup. You know what I mean? And and it be a normal thing where in the office, everyone's like, yeah, man, you, hey, it's just golden, man. We've done it before. You got it. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, right, to right. have that natural environment is really the thing that, you know, like for me that I'm trying to make sure it happens in, in my line of work where making sure the leaders know like, yo, stop rushing people. Don't put unreasonable expectations on people. Like right now we are this good. The expectations that we're putting on on some of these tasks need need a group of people that are this good. So therefore, let's cut those expectations down to the level of where we're at, and let's get really good at these smaller things, and then we'll raise the expectations. Because the thing about coaching is it's kind of like in basketball when a guy's struggling, you're like, we just got to get him a bucket, you know, let him see the ball go in. Get him easy bucket. Yeah. Get him an easy bucket. Let him see the ball go in. And I think that's the thing. Like, if I was running, you know, a, a, a Fortune 500 company as a CEO, like, 
I think a lot of times in, in life, we tend to put more pressure on when we're struggling versus less pressure on. You know what I mean? Like, we'll tell it, you know, in, in management, a guy's not doing well, you, you'll basically just ride him. And be like, hey, Devin, you need to pick up your work, man. You're gonna like clearly, they're not doing well for for some particular reason. And get them a to w. Figure, Yeah, we need to get them an easy win. Like, how do we get them an easy win? You know, because the mind is, yo, the mind is fragile. That's the thing about confidence is sometimes you need to be reminded that like, Devin, this is it's just coding. Same, it's coding like you did last week, and you fix that problem. Yeah. You know? One of the interesting things, and maybe we'll talk about this and then we'll get into the book, but one of the interesting things is like, how do, so I'm a big believer in this like coaching philosophy and this is basically the stuff that you're saying, right? Um, I'm, I'm a believer in it and I'm also a believer in the, the value of getting the, the, the rate at which you learn when you're doing it one-on-one or three-on-one, um, in like that real tight, intimate environment. The rate at which you learn is super fast. Um, Mm -hmm. So, hey, here's a complicated problem. Here's how we fix it, whatever. Whatever that case may be. Maybe it's fixing the brakes or maybe it's coding through some weird situation, right? How do we bring, I think this would be theoretically and like in reality valuable. How do we bring that thing into like, looking back on the work that we did, right? Like you've made plans as a manager. Okay, I'm going to take this person and I'm going to do these things to kind of grow, groom them up. Or I've made plans to build a feature and do these things and build it up. But then it's really, really hard to go back and look at the results that you got six weeks later or 12 weeks later, right? Because you can't see them. But for coaches in sports, you see film review, right? Like they they have the they have the receipts and they sit down and they go, all right, well, here's where here's where this worked and here's where it didn't. And there would be some tremendous value in being able to say, like, hey, remember when you said that you were going to take uh, Sally and Fred and you were going to give them these skills and work on them on these areas and then they were going to do these new tasks at work, you know? You don't really get to see back on the decisions that you made that led up to that, the the actions that you made to give Sally and Fred those skills and, and show them that stuff. You don't get to see that. So it'd be interesting if we could solve that that problem, like somehow. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but that's just a thought. I think you're you're like watching my my life because, or my work life because that <laughs> that's where I'm at. Um, so we had the two things. So you know. We at work we talked about like Sundays. We didn't feel like we were doing well enough on Sundays. You know, there's not to bore you guys. Well, it's a business podcast, sort mm-hmm. sort of. Um, you know, we wanted to get our average transaction up um, to sixty and above, and we managed to to pull that off. And it was just the other day I was telling my leaders because it, it actually was one of my biggest wins, I believe. Because I was telling them about this number and the importance of this number being closer to everyone else's. And I could I could sense that they were just kind of like, well, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Right. And to be able to show them what it meant, what it meant was, was huge. Because they ended up in a spot where 
um, the last couple of weeks, they've been coming to me like, yo, it's 61. Can you believe it? It's 61. And, and you know what I mean? And just like excited about it. And right. it got me so much buy-in and it was awesome. But on the, but on the other end, that's more tangible. Right, like you can actually see that growth pretty quickly. You can point right. back. There's never yeah, it's a number. It's, it's yeah, something it's you tangible, can point to, right? Yeah. So this one, the other one was, you know, there's there's some development developing that I've been focusing on trying to do with with, with an individual, and you know they're just not quite catching on, maybe as fast as uh, someone would like. And I think the thing that people need to realize is like. We all we all grow at, at a pace that's like a little bit at a time. It's not our growth is not this overnight chunk of growth. Our growth when we're doing things like you're saying in the office, we're getting better at stuff. You can't see sometimes how much better you got until three four months down the road. Yep. It's kind of like kind of like growing taller. Um, is 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 one of the things it is. It's like you. Like my son's seven and he's growing every single day, but we can't see it. And then what'll happen is, you know, we'll see a picture and be able to compare and contrast and be like, wow, you really are growing, man. Like, this is crazy. You're growing fast, <laughs> but we don't know while they're growing. So, you know, one of the things that I try to speak to the team about is whenever we're having conversations about anyone you know, needing to get better. I'm always trying to make sure that we don't like ignore the study growth of anything that we're doing, of anyone's improvement, um, any of that. We got to be able to celebrate that. Like, Hey, we want to get this thing done by, you know, nine o'clock every night. Guess what? We used to do, get it done by 11. Now we're getting it done by 1030. Like, you know what I mean? Like we need to celebrate that. And that that's the way that as far as like just my leadership style is that I'm constantly trying to make sure that like we're celebrating that we got a little bit better. You know, not that we've gotten to the destination, but we've gotten a little bit better. You that's know, that throughout nuance. the whole process. That's that nuance, man, because it's to to your point about the way that growth works, right? Is that the the new person on your team they're going to seem like they're not growing for whatever. They're going to seem like they're not picking up whatever portion of the job that is, is stumbling to them. And then they're going to get it and it's, they'll get, typically you like unlock three things at once. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're, cause it's, you're not stopped by one nuance, right? You're stopped by like four or five different nuances that are keeping you from getting any one of the, so it's like a little lock mm -hmm. that you're trying to pick. And then yeah. once you undo it, you then solve an entire like region of problems. Mm -hmm. And not the and then you then you bump into new ones, but that's like the next. Well, step, that, right? that was the next step. It's not to mention we're also grading this thing based on other things and people. So while they're getting better, you're actually getting better here. So they're playing catch up the whole time. So yeah. if you're always grading someone on whether they measure up to this thing here. In order for them to catch all the way up, like that could take a long time. Sure. So your perspective has to be altered just a little bit when you make judgments of understanding not where they are compared to this person here, but 
where they are compared to their development from when they started to where they are now, you know, because if you're grading them on where they are, like if I'm if I'm behind, we start a race and I'm three steps behind, right? If I'm even if I'm two steps behind by the next lap, I've taken a step forward. Like I've actually right. gotten closer. I've actually done more work sure. than you done in that yep. span. You know what I mean? And I think but people don't look at it like that. People look at it as, but what do you mean? You're still two steps behind. Right. No, yeah, I'm not four. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm not I'm no longer four. But you don't get credit for that. And people in a lot of places don't and in life period, we don't give enough credit to that. Well, and then there's that other piece, right? There's, there, we're deep in it right now. But that other piece of like, how do you say like, okay, you know, I did two laps and I didn't gain any steps, right? The real, you know, the, the real lesson that you want to take away is stop doing the thing that didn't gain you any steps. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, okay, you did two laps and you didn't gain any steps. You didn't lose any. So, so that means that what you're doing now is just keeping you at even. All right. So what can we add? What can we, what can we take away? What can we change? What variable can we dial in to get us? Now we're ahead of step. Now we gained a step. Okay. So now you're do more of that, but eventually that's going to stop working too. So, but that's like the, the weird nuance that is why I think like there should be this like level of coaching that is more accessible so that mm. someone is sitting there both looking at the number of steps that you're behind or ahead or wherever and then is also looking at the strategies that you're using to gain and lose steps because yeah. that, that's like it's, that's some hard stuff man yeah but i think i think it's a great conversation because i think those two things tie into each other right 100 percent, yeah because you're because you're talking we talk as we led into this conversation it was about confidence and on the other side of that of that confidence is is building it. You know what I mean? It is is being able to like as a coach, it's your job to build the confidence into your players. And I think, you know, it is this importance like in life, as we share in this relationship, at times we both play player and coach in our relationships here. And the goal is for when we're having these conversations with one another, it's about being able to help build confidence into the other person. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing that I think in life is when you got an environment that's like that, because what a coach isn't going to do is beat you down because you're, you're not, you know, caught up to speed just yet. A good one at least, you know. And even when they are using different methods to build your confidence that may feel like a beat down, the ultimate goal is to push your buttons or motivate you in a way. And they're just testing the different ways and styles of motivation because everybody needs it differently. But their ultimate goal is to instill confidence in you. You know, segue into the book. If you go back to Adam and Charles's father, he used different methods to instill confidence into his sons. You know what with, I mean? With different levels of success, I'd say. Yeah, different levels of success. Different, like, he loved them both, you know, and, and he admitted to having a, a deeper love for for Adam. Sure. You know what I mean? Which might have meant just a deeper sense of protection needed, which is kind of what he, you know, explained is that 
he's different and he's going to need more of me to survive in this world. You know what yeah. I mean? And Adam's path ends up super different than Charles's, right? Totally. Like Charles goes on this very internal, private path of throwing himself into his work, of not being curious about the outside world, right? And just being, not necessarily being curious, but I guess having trepidation about the outside world, right? And Adam is like, I'm just going to wander, which is a, just a very different path altogether, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as we're here into the book, East of Eden, where we read uh, chapters 5, five through 10, ten um, I'd say that last week I was I was on the road of like, man, this is setting up for like Adam to really be like this like turn, turn cold type of hearted person that ends up just like, you know, turn it into like some type of menace, you know, out there where he's like, you know, using his pain and, and inflicting that that same type of pain on the other people. The whole hurt people, hurt people type of uh, constant, you know, uh, right. thought process is what I had in the first um, five chapters is what where we were headed. And uh, now five chapters in. It's really they really just dug more into who those two guys were. You know, from the first five chapters, they didn't. Neither one of them changed. They both became kind of like just more in tune with who they were as their core selves. You know what I mean? Like Adam turned into a wanderer who, you know, spent most of his time dreaming and you know looking at the world from this. We should be here to have fun and live life to the fullest and enjoy ourselves. Whereas Charles, kind of like he was as a kid in the first five chapters, was more just like, you know, biggest guy in the yard, beats up the little guy, you know, run my form, you know, eat, sleep, run my form some more. You know what I mean? Yeah, why have a farm if you don't farm it? It's yeah, like, yeah. or what? I can't remember what the exact turn of phrase that he used, but like, you know, if you have a farm, you're gonna, you gotta farm it. Like, yeah. It was, it's a very straightforward. Like, if this, then that sort of worldview that he has. Yep. Yep. Total. Yep. Yeah. Angry then, hit someone. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, having a problem with this rock? Just just get angrier at it and push it and push it until you smack yourself across the head. You know? Yep. Yep. Exactly. The brute force method works in a lot of problems in life, you know, but it, it I, I think that was, I didn't really, it didn't really occur to me, but that's a pretty good, like, life lesson that. He's trying to convey there, right? Like, if you yeah. want to use the brute force method, it works. You'll move the rock, but you might hit your head in the process. <laughs> you know, it's a totally. good, little, good little story he told there. And then we also got introduced to uh, to Kathy. Bad mother right there. <laughs> That's a bad one. She is. She Oof. seems like she's going to, she seems like she's going to cause some trouble. Do Burn her think? house down. Do yeah, you man. think? Like. How, first of all, the book is, the book, like the last book did, it drops you into like, I don't know, I, I'm guessing this is like 1940s, Well, 1930s? I, think they're before, I think they're before that right now. 1920s, I think, 1930s? I think that there. they're like, I, I think it might even be, so I don't know. 
is my like answer. But I think it's 1910. Yeah, yeah like uh, between 1900 and 1910. It's it's early. It's because no they're earlier talking... than 30 for sure. Oh, for or later than 30. You mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no Definitely later. Not. Yeah, no Definitely later than not. 30. Yep. Yeah. I know, and it and it feels like I feel like every now and again you're getting dropped in like a western, you know, or like some weird, like like some some like the pictures that I see are like the uh, ladies dressed up in the uh, full on, yes, you know, with the whatever the white thing that they call in your head. I'm, yeah, I'm, no, I'm I I know up. exactly what you're saying. That, that you the when they say the inn in town, right? I'm imagining the in the Al Swearingen owns from Deadwood. I don't know if you saw yeah. that show, no, but, like, but, I, but, but that's I think the like show a Western Inn. I think 100%. like a, yeah. a Western Inn. And I mean Western meaning like the Western movies, but not like mm-hmm. Cowboys and Indians, but just yeah. like Western some movies. like, you know, that old, you just, a town just pops up out of nowhere. And it's like a sheriff's office, a saloon, yep. a bank, and an inn. And an inn. That, that's it. And that's the end town. And uh, that that's what I see. And it's written so well. That it's written so well. It's, it's, I see yeah. it. Uh, no, that's the thing. It's a, it is to, to, for all intents and purposes, a great American novel for a reason. Right. And that's like, that's how you become a great American novel because you, when you, when you get stuck in the world, I don't know, it sticks with you. Right. Like in the way that Jude is sticking with me in my everyday life. This novel does the same thing. And maybe it'll be Charles, and maybe it'll be Adam, maybe it'll be Kathy. I don't know which one, but one of these characters is just going to stick, and you can't get rid of them. And they just kind of, like, live in your subconscious, your world. I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I can't find it. But I'm, I'm actually looking to see. Do we know the year? The you, like the was, actual year? Yeah, the book was written. So they drop into the narrator's voice every now and again. And the narrator seems to be coming from the 50s. And the actual year that the book was written, I don't know. But, you know, we, we can look it up. Yeah, that's... I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to find it. Oh, I got it. 1952. Okay, yeah, yeah. Got gotcha. so, And that's yeah. that narrator's voice because he's like, yeah, you know, back in the day there used to be whorehouses. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, and, and like that's not a... They, they don't... That doesn't exist. Certainly, doesn't exist now, and it's certainly not the image that I have of the fifties, right? Like, it's just not the way. No, no, it's just not the way that that world worked. It. So there's two things from the book, and not not necessarily like. From what the book talks about, there's two things that I kind of took away, that was really interesting, is that one, the world, although it's changed, perspectives have changed a good bit. But the what motivates and moves the world is totally the same Subset thing as it problems. was. <laughs> yeah, like we haven't. We just like changed the way we looked at them, but they're it's all still the same. Like like we've totally changed. You know, like right, like when the way that we view women and, and rights and everything like that. Are, are different in terms of on the surface, we'll say. But, like, people are still liars and thieves and 
you know, uh, 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 people still abuse others. People are taking advantage of others. People like it's all this. They're still swindlers, and you know what I mean. Like totally took took take that away. Um, is that it hasn't really changed a lot. But on the other side, the way that you read this book and the way that the how open you can be about your true feelings in that time. I don't even know if that's right. Cause I feel like in that time you had to hide fun. And it was like the other side. It was like you couldn't even hide you couldn't even express joy in that time. So I guess I only got one point is that the world will always be full of like secrets, lives, different halves of yourself. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's just like that's what I'm taking away. It's like, man, was there ever a time where you just could be you and free? I don't know. I sure, I sure don't know. Yeah. But it definitely one of the things that he was talking about is like there was a when when Kathy sets her parents home on fire and kills them. Turns out she's a little bit tough. Um, but they he was talking about the perspective of like the people in the town and they were they were all they all came to like see, right? And like all these little observations that he makes about him is he's like, well, you know, the people who worked for the tannery all were all thought of themselves as important in this story some way. And it like that sort of insight that people like to put themselves in the center of their own story mm-hmm. that's going on inside their own head that mm-hmm. you might not realize Dude, what an insight is that, you know? And I don't know. I mean, I, I again, I go back to this is a great book for a reason, right? That that's why a thing becomes a great book. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy though. But even even just the the writing, like I couldn't get over. In the beginning, it was jarring. It was a little shocking, like hearing uh, just how descriptive. He was with with everything like this this book i'm surprised it hasn't been banned um in a lot of places because he you know the way that he writes it's very much like you you end up in a time where um people just thought and moved differently um their perspectives on things were total opposites of today um but i totally like I thought he was, he's very tasteful still, even the way that he describes a whorehouse. Like, there's no judgment in what he's describing. He he writes where it's just like, hey, this is, this, this kind of, just just is what it is. This is how life works. This is how life was in 1930. And there's no judgment. There's no, like, you know, it's just kind of like, there you go. This is how life works. But, like you said, when the people come and it's it kind of is like, the same thing. Someone, I'm sure, someone like murdered their parents within the last like three months. In, of in this world, you know what I mean. And yeah. like, I imagine it to be very similar now in the way that people reacted as it was then. You know what I mean? Like, not in my town. This would never happen. This is so predictable. It's yeah. so predictable. That's that's such a it was such an insight to be like you know people looked for a a foreigner an outsider because mm-hmm. it wasn't my town where this terrible thing would happen yeah. and it's like predictable 
Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was your town. Yeah. It's a dude. It's a, it's super interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. a great book, and it, and it's uh, I'm loving the characters. Um, I'm loving the even uh, Mr. Uh, Edwards' character. You know. Oh yeah, fantastic. Just I'm, every character so far has been very interesting, and even just Mr. Edwards. Like, how many times have you heard people like, oh, back in the fifties, men. You know, we didn't have men like that. It, you know, talking about like cheating men who living like double lives. Sure. And it's just like, no, you had just as many cheating double lives living men in every era. In More. every era. More. Yeah. It's, it's know, funny. Maybe. I, 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 I feel like it's equal. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's been equal in every time. I feel yeah. like literally one dies off and another one's born. I feel yeah. like the ratio of like, you know, evil and swindling and uh, it's always the same level every year it's like someone goes and someone's replaced and i and i feel like it just it maybe it's more differently now you know this the way we swindle has changed but it's the same i, I, I feel like i feel like this world since the day it started there's been like a, a percentage of swindlers a percentage of you know, whores for lack of a better term, uh, percentage of like, you know, born again Christians who live everything by the book, right. percent, like percentage of violent men and all that. Percentage of violent men, percentage of you know God fearing walk, and I feel like it just doesn't change. I feel like the percentage is, the more people you have, the more one goes this way, that way, this way. So you know? I think that you're right. That percentages are the same. I think that the outlets. Are and I, maybe that's just because I'm optimistic, right? But yeah. I think that the outlets for different kinds of people are so much more now that you have fewer sort of negative outcomes, like for everyone, yeah. Because you've given up there. There's now a place for that person who's, you know, oh, you're like, are you super violent? Well, you can join the military and you can learn how to hone that and like and yeah. harness it, or you can you know, get into, you know, some kind of fighting or whatever. Like there's, there's places to put it now. Whereas yeah. I, you know, I, I think that they, when, when Kathy was, they, they just beat her, right? Like yep, she all of a sudden it. was going through something <laughs> and they were just like, okay, well what we're going to do with that is beat you. Yeah. And like, yeah. that was the solution or may, there were, there were fewer outlets for all the things. I agree. So I, agree. I think that's absolutely true. I think like, Nowadays, you basically more people are working on themselves. More people are yeah. trying to be more aware of, you know, the things that they do that don't make them, I guess, not fit, but don't make them, you know, the most friendly uh option in society or whatever like whatever those things are that like you know don't make you the greatest person to be around i think a lot more now we're actually like working on those things it's easy to find a mirror in life now and it's easy to find like the solution to your problem if you look in the, if you're willing to look in that mirror yes and there still are a lot of people. There's still a lot of people that are not looking. <laughs> I'd say that percentage is probably better. There are more people seeking the mirrors, yeah. you know, than ever before. That I think we could totally agree on yeah. with, with coming from, you know, and, and, I, and I like the perspective, you know, that, that the book leads us to that conversation. 
because I feel like this this whole entire book, so far we've read you know the first ten chapters, and I feel like One so fifth. far this book is just you know it, it literally is just describing the different types of people that exist in the world and why and what makes people do the things that they do. And the world that may, the the world that you know that man can in inhabit, you know exactly. Like, this is this is one of the ways the world can go, and yeah. you could you could end up an Adam, or you could end up a Charles, or you could mm-hmm. end up a Kathy, like yep. Edward, you know, all those Edwards, are ways. All and I feel like this would makes this is going to make the book even better because they're spending a lot of time developing all the characters, yep. and they're giving us a lot of different character traits. Yep. And in my opinion, a book. The, the book itself hasn't even begun yet. Like, we're still in the phase of, you know, setting the table. Agreed. You know, the action has not really begun yet. And uh, I'm looking forward to the action. I still have zero idea. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was going to be a total Adam and Charles book of just discussing their characters and full-on character development for them. What I'm learning is there's like, it's way bigger than that. Yeah. Should be good. He's making a town. He's making a whole world. He's making a whole world. There's like a community being built. Um, What do you guys got for 2400 this week? You want any updates for that? Yeah, man. We're, uh, you know, the the menu, we are just about set on one of our catering gigs. We had a meeting yesterday, a a conference call meeting where we we discussed. you know, just a couple ideas that we have for the summer. One that that's pretty big that we're trying to figure out is we're, we're thinking of doing like a, a family fun day and uh, having like a family fun event. We haven't ironed out all the wrinkles yet, but where we can showcase, you know, the seasonings, the food, and just, you know, raise a little bit of money as well by having a family fun day, maybe, you know, tickets you know, you sell tickets and we have like a softball game. The tickets would get you, you know, uh, a platter of food. Uh, your kids can eat, you know, hot dogs free all day. Or we can even, you know, hot dogs for the kids for free or whatever. And hugs or whatever. And, um, you know, small investment there where we get some donations. Minimum of 20 bucks. An adult. Kids are free. Face painting. Like a sure. softball game. And we're thinking about doing like, uh, you know, going online and finding like all the uh, old school like games that we used to play in the summertime is like like kids and stuff like jacks and like all that stuff and just have like a family fun day, you know, throwback kind of block party style where you, you know, foot races, potato sack races, you know, all that type stuff and just have like a either a kickoff to the summer or end of the summer kind of family fun day so it's something that me and the wife are spearheading and we're really trying to figure exactly figure it out exactly it's not necessarily you know it's not going to make us you know a ton of money but it'll raise a little bit of funds but more importantly you know have like a nice event that we maybe we can lead it into doing more community focused things like that sure kicking it around see kicking the tires on it seeing what what works and what wouldn't yeah yeah nice you know, so that's something. And then we're, uh, 
waiting for the parks and recs to open up in Philly up for whatever. I guess they don't open till like the summertime or whatever for you to rent out spaces and stuff. So or the gotcha. spring, I think spring their office right now their offices are closed. So once that opens, we'll be able to start to figure that out and, and figure that side out. Um, but yeah, just a lot of summer summer stuff, summer focus. You know, we were Jedi. I mean, we were like, man, uh, you know, the year is halfway over just about. And, you know, we're we're still trying to kind of figure out, you know, the different, the next steps of what we're going to do. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's an interesting spot that you guys are in because you you ran down the idea of being a, like a, a shop, a, a place that sells wings or whatever. And you kind of decided, eh, maybe, maybe that's not where, where we want to go right now. Yeah. And so that's sort of. You know, to bullseye method, right? Like, test it, see if that was a good thing. Look around and go, like, this isn't what we want. And now you're kind of like trying to figure out what what is what you want, right? You've seen exactly. some successes in different places, and so you know, I think that that's probably a natural transition for business, right? Figure it, figure it out. So it's good. Yeah, good problem. So to have. yeah, we're doing good though. We're you know, we just gotta keep plugging in, even if we don't have anything to really plug in on. We just got to plug in just to Well, that, That's that growth thing that you were talking about with your son, right? Like, you just got to keep doing something, and eventually something will hit, and you'll realize, oh, six months later, oh, we, we moved forward in the business. We didn't realize we were doing it at the time, but we were, you know? So. That's it. So we got a couple events. We got, you know, a couple catering opportunities is coming up. And like I keep saying, it, it's so much less about the money right now, and it's more, more than anything – for confidence, we need the experience. You know, we need we need more more experience as much as we can get. Yeah, yeah. On my side, all I'm really trying to do this week is like do some cleanup, dialing it in, tightening things up, so that as I can see them fill in their customers and their titles this week, I can start like understanding what slowed them down, what were problems, what was hiccups, that kind of thing, right? So, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So. Should yeah. be a good week. All right. Uh, yeah, where can people find us, Vernon? Uh, they can check us out on the process black and white dot com, and they can search us on all our social media platforms and check us out by searching the process is black and white. We'll pop right up. All right. We'll talk to you next week. And that's all the time we have this week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Process is Black and White. Come join us next week where the journey continues on the road to successful entrepreneurship. For further information, go to www.theprocessisblackandwhite.com. Any views or opinions represented on this podcast do not constitute financial advice or any other advice. Vernon and Devin inspire you to conduct your own due diligence before making any personal financial decisions.